Hello and welcome to Retrotainment. Uh, back again with my co-host, Capital C, Capital O, Greg. How are you doing, buddy? What's happening, homie? Ah, nothing much, nothing much. Uh, this week, this week we've decided to take a trip to New York and stay in a nice, nice hotel. Pretty posh, you know. The old, the old Dolphin Hotel. Dolphin Hotel is quite posh, you know. Big, yeah. Big rooms. Two two five four Luxington Avenue. That's the one. Uh, and we're going to stay in room 1408. Um, I say to you before we started, uh, the reason I picked up this film was that it was horror and Sam Jackson. And I was like, that it has to be good. There's no way that this can be be bad. Like mm-hmm. horror, Sam Jackson. And then I Sam. never even know. I never even noticed the director on it. Well, the director, the, the writer. Oh, I would say the yeah. writer of the, like where the film came from being yeah. Stephen King. Genuinely never noticed that. Yeah, um, I as I, like I said to you before coming on, I got it as a, I thought it, I actually I think I mixed it up with nineteen twenty two, which they obviously hadn't made yet. Yeah, and I obviously just went one on one, and that's it there. Yeah, there's and, some numbers. Uh, I'll take that. That'll do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Good movie. Um, released on the twelfth of June two thousand and seven. Again, a bit of a weird time to release this yeah. June. Uh, obviously, just hitting the summer blockbuster, but I would have thought they'd have held off till kind of a bit closer. Something else might have been coming out again. Can't quite pinpoint 2007. Yeah. Something must have been coming out. Yeah, and then as always, take a quick look at the ratings. This one is slightly different to most ratings. So 175 critics gave it 79% overall. For a horror movie, that's pretty good. Like It's quite good. And then the audience was 61%, which is a rarity. We normally see higher audience and lower critic. Yeah, well, we, we, we generally know why the audience didn't know because Sam Jackson didn't have his infamous line. Yeah, I'm thinking that's why. I didn't look into it, but I would imagine that's why audiences think, didn't like it. I think a lot of this is, it's, it's not just a horror movie. You can sit down and watch. There's a story to it that you have to follow. Um, yeah, it's less of a horror in the general sense of a horror. It's, it's a mind. A, it's a psychological thriller, like yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I really enjoyed this though. Um, like you get the you get the horror movies. It's like The Shining, even when you take that, like you see his descent into madness. Yeah, I think it 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 comes like obviously it's Stephen King, but like it, it looks like he's taken a lot from The Shining. And... Yeah. Well, I don't know which book came first. I'd imagine The Shining. Yeah, I think I. Got to imagine the shining did, but it looks like he took a lot of that and used it for he just smushed everything can, cannon for the like the fuel for this. Um, it did well in the box office 133 million, which is quite good yeah. for a horror. Um, this would have been Sam Jackson, I was going to say at his peak, but I suppose technically now is his probably yeah, his now, peak. Now would really. be well, then again, he hasn't had a drop off really. He's done bad movies, fine, he throws his name into it, but um. When you look at him, it's generally good movies all the time. Yeah, see, like I, I was mean, gonna say, he, he, he has a mix of bad movies. Like he don't, all right, I enjoy Snakes on a Plane, but it's not a great movie. Yeah, it's not a good film. It's enjoyable um, because it's Sam Jackson and it's funny, but like, yeah, but like he throws he throws himself into those movies and he does a lot of voice acting in the likes of he's in The Incredibles and yeah, and things like that. But it, does he have a peak? No, it's just a high level. It's like Denzel. Yeah, it's just at a, a consistently high level. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like he hasn't gone away either. You know, like sometimes you'll see someone and they'll be around for ages and then they won't make a film for like a couple of years or whatever. And that just doesn't seem to have been the way with Jackson. No, I, I think he has that love for acting, really. Just yeah. Overall. 
Yeah. Um, it just continues on. Like, as you said there, the, it made 133 million in box office. It only cost them 25 million to make. Yeah, and I'm surprised at how cheap it is to have made this. Well, when you think about it, apart from, like, obviously the, the special effects on the room, like, you're only paying 30 staff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, true. Yeah, I see. That's kind of the thing. I don't know when they talk about, you know, cost of making, do they take into account what they paid Sam Jackson and what they paid the likes of Michael Cusack, yeah, like uh, uh, John Cusack and stuff like that? Yeah, John, Cus- John Cusack, yeah, yeah Cusack. John Cusack, yeah. Um, um, I don't know if that, that gets counted in, but like, there is quite a lot of special effects in this, yeah. And like, Pretty don't, don't forget, they have um, they have the monk in there as well. So I, d- I don't know if they include that in their um, evaluation the of what, what it costs to make it or, yeah. or if the budget is just like, this is what the set cost, the design cost, the special effects. I've never looked into that. Um, maybe other well, people would know, but it, that that's a box office hit one way or the other, you know? Well, once you make money, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really good start in this and that we see Mike in his kind of beaten down car driving in this... horrible, horrible weather and he pulls into this crappy little hotel and you can tell from the start that you know it's not really that haunted but the you can see what why he thinks the way he thinks because the owners are like oh yeah this is it's haunted and they really want to sell the story to him and he's just i don't care i want to go to my room i want my key um now with this here the start of this is very similar to nearing the end of identity which also has Cusack in it, and mm. um, where they're leaving, and he's in the, he's in a car like that or something, it's something like that, and it's thundering down with rain, and like as soon like I hadn't seen this in a long time, and when I watched it again, I only watched Identity there not so long ago, and I was looking at it going, I've seen this before. <laughs> maybe maybe it's all one big no, life, no. and we don't know. Well, maybe. Well, I hope um, I hope not because uh, I don't think so either. But <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes in and they're, you know, they're determined to sell him this story of how haunted they are. And we learn that we learn that the, what his job is, is that he writes books of, you know, the 10 most haunted hotels. houses, the 10 most haunted hotels, the 10 most haunted lighthouses and this, that, and the other. But that he has no belief in any of this. Uh, zero. Absolutely zero. Like, he just doesn't believe in it at all. And he just does it because it's his job. It. Yeah. But uh, I love how pushy she is. She's like, look at this picture. Taken yeah. by the by a girl in the in the in the seventies or the eighties, and there's a girl a shadow hanging behind glass, and you're like, yeah, that could be anything. <laughs> I like that he um, you know, you see that he does drink in each like that's the first one we see him in, and he takes the mini bar and he is drinking the drinks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he obviously does try. Yeah, well, he obviously tries to get himself into the frame of mind where he would believe because he knows personally he doesn't believe. Yeah. He's, so, he's trying to do something. Yeah, he's trying to make it so that he might believe some of it. And that place you see him in the car, and he's just like, "No, <laughs> that that wasn't scary at all." The funniest he, thing there is though, he, he drives by it, and you see him doing a Yui in the middle of the road. Yeah, because like, it's oh. so small. Yeah. Um, and then we see him doing the book signing, and you know, yeah. he, there's only a few people there, and they're asking questions like, "And uh, do you believe all of that?" And he's like. He basically tells him, like, no, I don't believe in it. It's complete and utter crap. Like, what, like was it, what was it your man says to him? Where was the scariest place you've stayed? And he's like, oh, I've never seen a ghost, so. 
Yeah, and then he tells the other lad some I what I think is uh somewhere in like a theme park. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Haunted Mansion is in Disneyland. It's you know the Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. That. That's yeah, he's just there you go, that's the scariest place. And you can see your one when she's getting the book signed, being like, I've been conned here. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I do like is that the 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 young girl, Anna, comes up and gives him gives him the book, the first book he ever wrote, um, The Long Road Home. And yeah. What I liked here is that they they've made it so that it it's well thumbed. You can see the the break on the spine and on the it's been cover and, that it's been and, like bent over because she's holding it like that and reading it. Yeah, I really yeah. liked that because it's something that a lot of times you don't see. Like people are like, oh yeah, I've read this book loads, and you're like, no, that book looks pristine. Brian's nobody's and new. Nobody's been reading that. Um, and she just says, oh, I really love this, and would you ever write something like this again? And he just says, no. Um, the- yeah, then they try and she tries to like, can I ask you a question? And she's talking about the relationship between the son and the father in the book. Yeah, she's like, is it authentic? No, but you can tell by his answer. It is. Yeah. yeah. See, what I like there is that it it gives you prelude to like they never tell you what that book is really about, but it tells you that it's not the same as these are the ones that it's more him talking about. It's a story. His, yeah. his personal life, and it's you know this is stuff that's happened and it's real. The um so you know when he finishes talking to her, and he says to her, "Stay scared." Yeah. So you know that that is um a little troll from Stephen King to George A. Romero, because apparently yeah. if you if you talk to George A. Romero, that's all he says when he's finishing a conversation. It doesn't stay say goodbye or anything. It's just stay scared. It's a good way to end a conversation, I suppose, if that's the business you're in. Well, when you're when you're the the single greatest zombie director and on. On the planet, you're not doing too badly. Well, he was on this planet, he's not anymore. Yeah. Well, but, uh, you know, that's you know, li- that's the way I like to the end little, it. I like the little trolls in it, though, that he does, because obviously him and Stephen King were really close, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, two, two of the biggest horror... Um, icons. Icon, like, well, I don't know if they're the horror icons. They're horror writers more than anything, I suppose. Like, I know they are iconic in that people know them, but... Well, George A. Romero was a director. Yeah, but you know, like they're oh, yeah, involved well, he has, in the, he has his hands in everything. Like yeah. they're in the back of it. Um, whereas you know, you'd say a horror icon is probably more someone like Freddie or Jason. No, they're the oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I like the scene where he goes to like the little post office here now, and he takes out the all the mail he's got, and it's mostly just brochures of people, yeah, people who want them to. Stuff. Yeah, because he he makes a point of saying a little bit later on, he's like, you know, you want me to come stay because it increases your. Uh, your, um, your your revenue bookings. like you know yeah. you it goes up but he kind of skips through most of the brochures and then it's just this card that he turns over a postcard and it's a it just says don't stay in 1408 on the back of it well no he opens the one that has his birthday card in it first yeah and just doesn't care it's about just that. a random one like yeah just happy birthday don't care about it but that just shows who, the kind of person he is like he just doesn't care about he has no personal yeah, you don't. You never actually do find out who David really is, though. I always assumed it was his dad at the, when I first saw it, but like then I don't think it is because we see his dad later on, and it's unless the only other thing is I can think of is the publisher's real name. Yeah, it's but it's obviously someone who's just like I don't care who yeah. this is, sort of thing. Um, but we see him run it like rummaging through them, and then he comes to the one don't say in fourteen oh eight, and he you know circles it and equals thirteen. I thought that was yes. a nice little touch because obviously this, 13 is the, you know, the, the, the horror number. number. Yeah. 
Well, this is this is the one that I have here for you, right? So the title fourteen oh eight equals thirteen. Yeah. Uh, the Lexington Boulevard two two five four is thirteen. And what's that from? Oh, uh, the, the the address the at the address, hotel. Yeah. Uh, the number on the key that he gets when he goes to the hotel six two one four. Yeah. Uh, it goes thirteen. The year of the first death in the hotel, nineteen twelve. It goes yep. thirteen. And then the release date, they released it in June of two thousand and seven. So oh six, oh seven. Yeah, thirteen. June, as well. 13. See, the only thing I think there is that they should have held off, like they released it on the twelfth of June. They should have held off for an extra day. Um but yeah. I'm wondering, was that a mistake? There's also um he you know he looks at it in that sense you know like that's the first thing he notices 1408 and he's like 13 like he that's the first thing he notices about it yeah it's brilliant yeah. it's a, just just the little touches that are in it like for like whatever you could just leave it at that and that'd be it what i did notice is that and they don't really go into it it looks like it's an actual postcard because it's not like we know that the all the other brochures are from the proprietors of the hotels and stuff that want him to stay there yeah, this is someone sending it to him. Somebody else sent him this. Yeah. But well, the the hotel, the Dolphin Hotel, doesn't advertise that 1408 is haunted. No, they don't have, even advertise it as a room. Yeah, so they don't advertise it. So we know it's not the hotel that sent it. So it's the it's the entity that's inside it. Is so is where it the, it's left to, t- to you. Or yeah, someone it's like, that wants to punish him. It's somebody that knows he'd go to it and knows the history of it. Which I like because they never they never reference that really. It's just something that that's just left there for you to to recognize. You're like, oh, now where did he get that from? Because it's a postcard, and a postcard's not going to have that written on it, you know. Yeah, it's, so it's, somebody uh, wrote that there. It's thing, and then, like then you think, is it someone in the hotel? Is it just left? Yeah, it's just left to your imagination. Like, was it the room or what was it? No, I wouldn't mind actually getting my hand on the book to read it and see if it goes into it more. Yeah, it would be nice to see if the if the book but explains. I would. It. I wouldn't think it would because Stephen King's notorious for you know, just leaving do, those yeah. to you. Like, he leaves it for you to think. Is that yeah, what well, you I, want I to see? I think that's always good as well. Um, but once he gets once he gets this letter, he rings up the hotel and tries to book the room, and they're like, "That room is not available," yeah, and he gives them. He was like, I didn't even give you a date. <laughs> so he says, like, Saturday, not available. The following Tuesday, not available. Next month, not available. Next summer. Next and summer, they and they up. just hang up. Um, and then he gets in contact with the, the publisher. publisher, his yeah. publisher, and uh, he gets a legal guy in, and he's like, yeah, that, look, that they can't. That not a legal guy. I don't care. He's it, just some guy that works there, and he's like, just, just, just go with it. Yeah, and he's like, listen, they can't tell you you can't stay there. If so it's empty, you can get it, yeah. You can, Legally, get it. you can get it. So he, he shows up to the hotel. Well, actually, before he goes to the hotel, he goes surfing and yeah. nearly drowns. <laughs> he got smashed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he seems to just recover from that and then makes his way to the hotel. Yeah. Um, and he goes up. Nice looking hotel, to be fair. It's a great hotel, really, really expensive looking, uh, proper... Yeah, right you know, bang. Huge, looks like huge. bang in the middle of New York. Yeah, and he goes up to the reception. He's like, yeah. Um, well, even even just before that, before we, we go too far, is when he's on the phone to the publisher, the publisher asks him, uh, "Is it? Is, are you going to be all right coming to New York? 
Yeah. And then he asks him, are you going to ring Lily? Is it Lily? Yeah, Lily. Lily, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm only here for a job. Yeah. So that, that's then left to you. Yeah, to think, what, what happened there? Why would he not be okay with going to New York? Yeah, and it, it delves in a little bit deeper as we go on. Yeah, but he um, he goes up to the reception. Can I get the room to... I'm here to rent the room for the night. Yeah. And uh, your one types it in and a big thing comes up. Contact, Contact the, manager. the manager. So yeah. she goes to this guy who you think is the manager. And yeah, then he, he goes off yeah. and gets the actual manager. I'd say I'd say he is the manager, the shift manager. And then Yeah, then the hotel manager is obviously Gerald Big Olin. Big Sam, <laughs> Gerald Olin. Um and he comes out and Yeah, uh, we've actually upgraded you to the presidential suite. He's like, Nope, yeah. I want to stay in fourteen oh eight. And he's like <sighs> I love I love I like how professionally is you can tell that it's like I know he's I know he's in the acting, but like that's how a proper hotel manager probably would go about that. Yeah. But you can see how much he, he really wants him to, and he's like, Listen, come on into my office and we'll have a Yeah. Would a you would chat. you uh, enlighten me to come into my office or something? So he comes he goes into the, the office and he's like, Listen, you cannot stay in that room. And he's like, I want to stay in that room. And he's like, I, listen, here's all and he starts to list off the debts and uh, Mike reels them off as well and he's like ah I see you've done your homework and he's like listen yeah. we both know you're going to give me the key you're going to pretend you don't want me to have it then you're going to give me the key then I'm going to write my book and your bookings are going to go up 50% what I, what I like here is though when he does that and then it, it cuts to um, Mike turning around or um, Jared turning around and he's like so you don't know about any of the natural deaths that have happened in there yeah what I like is that uh, old like the manager Gerald Olin is just like we we're at ninety percent capacity all the time. We don't need our you know. Yeah, it's not a money thing. We don't need you to come and stay here. We don't need any more people trying to come and stay here. And he's just like, okay, so you've read about those ones. What about the thirty-two natural deaths? Yeah. And he's like, wait, hang on, what? He's like, yeah, there's been thirty-two natural deaths in there as well. One of them, a man drowned in his own soup. Yeah. And he's like, well, he's joining soup. And he was like, hmm. Man fell asleep. Yeah. And he's just like, listen, those are the deaths. You've read about the ones that are reported, like people jumping out yeah. of windows, people, you know, hanging themselves, cutting their throats, all this yeah. stuff. The, the one though, he makes a big point of that one when your man said his own throat. And he's like, in a fit of insanity, he tried to stitch himself back together. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the first deaths as well. Like that's one of the big ones. That was the first one. That's the first one. Yeah. He, cuts his own throat and then he tries to stitch it back together and bleeds out because he was a uh, sewing machine salesman yeah so he, he he's trying to convince him he's you know here's an 800 dollar bottle of um bourbon they don't say it's bourbon but like yeah it is bourbon oh, yeah. and he's like here's this and he's like here i give you all access to all this information and you can write your book. You can go stay in 1404. It's exactly the same as 1408. If anyone ever looks into it, you can write all that. And, you know, no one will be any of the wiser. And it really shows that... He doesn't want them there. He's like, listen, I just don't want you to stay there. He's like, I won't tell anyone you didn't stay there. You'll be able to write your book. Here's all the information. And, you know, you can write all the stuff you want. But just don't stay there. And he's and like, it- listen, just let me stay there. And he eventually admits listen it's not it's not for your safety it's not for the hotel's reputation it's selfish i don't want to clean up the mess yeah and to be fair if you've cleaned up 
he's what did he say? He's had twelve deaths and nine deaths on his watch since he's been there. Yeah, and um, he said it's, he's the he's the one that sealed it up. Yeah, he won't let anyone else stay there. But um, he's like, I don't want to clean it up. Like, I'm yeah. in the business of hotels. I'm not in the business of you know a coroner. A coroner. I don't want to clean that up. No, what I like here as well is though he makes a point to be like, we do turn it down once a month. We're in there for no longer than ten minutes. Two maids go in, they'll turn it down, and I'll stand at the door. The door doesn't close. But then he jumps to the maid. That I don't, I don't, I, it's not two maids. It says because they obviously only have ten minutes, so that you wouldn't get the whole like the size of the room. It's not. He says they work in pairs, so it's obviously more than two. So he's bringing in, you know, a crew maybe, yeah, a multiple pairs, and he's like, they work in pairs. The door stays open, and we are in and out in ten minutes. Well, you you'd suggest say, mate, right? There might be more. The room is big, but there might be more. There might be two, but at, at my minimum, there's going to be two. There's minimum two, and then I would say you're working with one probably. per room. So you're probably talking. The bathroom is quite big, so you're probably sticking two in there, two in two the bedroom, in the two in the sitting room, and yeah. then whatever, maybe two others. But you're talking kind of a a good crew in there to turn that down quickly. And get but out. It's, a, it's only a light turn down, he said, change the sheets and thing whatnot. But um yeah, keep like, it if it's not dust, being dusted, used, yeah, yeah stop the dust, used, stop dusting and stuff. He's just like, let's just get out of here. Yeah, but uh then he was like, one of the maids got locked in the bathroom for no more than a couple of minutes. And Mike turned around and go, What should come out? Dead? No, blind. She stabbed she, her eyes out. With a scissors. Yeah. That and tells just, you there's something fucking wrong. Yeah, he re like he's really making the point and he's like, Listen, like really just don't stay there and Mike is just insistent so he goes just give me the key and he's like right fine fine here's the key but he gives him another little bit of information he's like nobody lasts more than an hour in there yeah he's like that's just the way it is he's like how long are you planned on staying one night and he's like uh, nobody lasts more than an hour but he brings him up in the elevator obviously there's no 13th floor which is for anyone who's ever been to the states, that actually is very common over there. They don't have a thirteenth floor. Is it, is it actually? Yeah, they they don't have the thirteenth floor in most places. The thirteenth floor is just the fourteenth floor. And I know I didn't actually know that that was a thing. I just thought it was. Uh... Yeah, I didn't think it was a thing either. And then I went to like um, I think it was the Empire State, and there's no thirteenth floor. Really? It goes twelve, <laughs> fourteen. They just superstition. They just don't have it. I was always sure that's why they done the one three one over here. In the cars, it is well. That's that is why they did it. Um, and they they, they said the tone, then. <laughs> they said that was the reason, but the real reason was money grabbing. Like they, here's a reason we can do it, and we're going to keep doing it. But um, he brings him up, and then they he gets out of the elevator, and Olin stays in the elevator, and he's like, "Are you not come with me?" He's like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, I don't. Go, this, this is as close as I go to that room, unless it's that time of the month." For turn down like that is yeah. it like i do not go past this elevator that's that's definitely a period joke right there it, it kind of is but at the same point like it shows he won't even get off because that's not the only room on that floor do you know all the other rooms on that floor he won't even get off to go near them yeah he makes the point of like i don't get off at this floor except when i'm going to that yeah you know he is like i don't go near it yeah I, it's well, what i like here is the scene that they do um as he stops talking and then like he turns to talk to him again and the doors are closing. He's like, I'll call you about those Nick's ticket and the doors just close. Yeah. And he's gone. What I like is that he's um you see him like reading the through the papers and stuff yeah. as he's walking along. 
and you see um fourteen oh two oh five. Yeah, you see a couple of the doors go past, but you see uh like a cleaner coming towards him. Yeah. And he just keeps walking and just kind of ignores her, and then he kind of bumps into um like one of the little seats outside a set of elevators. And right? he's back at where he was. <laughs> and he's back at where he was, so he walks it again, but he doesn't seem to notice that. But what but I like then here we is see like empty dishes on the ground of like uh, flies. flies buzzing around it, yeah. But what I like here is when he gets back to the elevator, as soon as he gets back there, the elevator doors open as if to say, There's your chance, yeah. But he doesn't seem to notice this, and it's not referenced kind of again, he just keeps walking on. It's that to me is left there that the cleaners don't go to that floor, like at well, all. Well, see, they, see, they must because the other rooms are used, are they though? I know well, you see, I know you. Yeah. You, are you? They say they run at 90% full all the time. Yeah, I wonder, maybe that floor just isn't used, and maybe that's why he said he doesn't go yeah. near it. But we see somebody back into the room down from him with a, a pram, and they go in backwards with it. Yeah, you don't see it, Nelson. Then, then yeah, so we see him going. He goes into the room, and he settles himself down sort of thing. As you do. And he has the voice recorder out and he, he says it himself. He's like, listen, he did a good job. Very aggressive opening, like trying to sell it to me. Really good. And you can tell, you know, he still doesn't believe. And he's like, they did well. Like he kind of, he had me going there for a little bit, but you know, now that I'm here, I can just tell there's, there's nothing. So he starts looking around and, you know, it's huge. The bathroom has two sinks. And a shower and a toilet. Well, no. I'm, to be fair, now when I stayed in in International Drive in Florida, the thing had two sinks. Yeah, it's just it's not something common, but you know that's only in, you know, quite fancy kind of f- f- fancy ones. You'd have two ba- like two sinks in your one but bathroom. To me, but you can also see it's one bathroom, which is beside like the bedroom. But then there's like it, this huge sitting room as well. Yeah. Well, now, like that's what I'm trying to think. There is right. So he's staying in that hotel. It's going to be an expensive hotel. Is that a basic room or is that a a high-end room? It seems to be quite a basic room in terms of like, they didn't, you know, it's not considered like one of the presidential suites or anything. Yeah. So it's so, just basically a room that any Joe Soap gets. It seems to be that, because he says 1404 is the exact same. So you're you're thinking like this must be quite the standard. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's a great line here when, before he goes up, they're still in the office, and he's kind of saying to um, Mike, is saying to Gerald, he's like, uh, So, what's the story? Is it, you know, uh, poltergeists, ghosts, this, that, and the other? He's like, Nope, none of that. He's like, The room's not haunted. It's evil. It's an evil fucking room. And like, that yeah. is it. He is just like, Listen, there is not, like, it's not, it's not something haunting it. It's the room. The room itself is the problem. Yeah, like it, it just doesn't. It's just left then to you to think. Well, it has. It can't just be a room that's haunted. But he also explains that you know he gives him the key and he's like, "Oh, it's nice, a nice touch, rustic." And he's like, "Electronic cards don't work on it. Electronics don't work in the room." Yeah, that's like this is what I find funny. He stated that and he made that a big thing. But yes, there is the a bit alarm, later. The alarm clock is working. His i or his laptop works a little bit later on. We'll get into that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, see, the, the alarm clock, see, I think you could probably, like... It, like it, it, you, it, see him, you see him rip it out of the wall. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it does. It is electronic in a way, but at the same time, you know, 
I think I, I, does that mean signals don't work? Yeah, I, I, I read it more as you know, like signals don't work and the key cards and things like that don't work. Like newer yeah, electronics don't work because those alarm clocks would be quite old, that sort of style. I love that type of alarm clock. I love one of them. What I like is that he's, you know, he goes into the room and he looks around it and then he opens the window and he just has a quick look out and then uh, the alarm clock plays the one music, song. Yeah. The music here for this from, um, is it The Carpenters? We've, We've only, only just, just begun. begun. Yeah. Um, that that plays and he kind of jumps and conks his head on, on the window. Yeah. Um, but he turns around and there's two like uh, on the pillow of the bed there's two little chocolates now th- this was done brilliantly because you see him lying on that pillow a yeah. couple of seconds beforehand so you know it's not there yeah and that's he notices that he looks at it and he's like okay they've put they've put yeah. something not they've put something here and he's now, like that's very and he says it to himself he's like that's very good that's very very good yeah but then like there's a the part there we missed when he first goes in he goes into the bathroom and he takes tissue yeah he takes and a little he wipes bit his off. Nip. Wipes his neck because he's sweating to bits. Yeah, because thing, and then when he like he goes from having the chocolates, he goes into the bathroom and the toilet paper's folded in that weird pointy triangle thing again. Yeah, and he's like, and oh. he's, like he's like, right. So they went in into the bedroom, into the bathroom. So they have to be in the He's like, so they must have come back out when I went in, and then they're in the sitting room. So he runs into the sitting room and he opens the press yeah and there's no one there um and he you know then he's sitting down and he's making observations on the room you know like uh there's paintings three three different paintings one is like of a ship out at sea one is uh it's a whistler type painting and we know that from mr bean yeah and he's like you know and then there's the the foxes and the hounds here and then there's uh one of you know a mother reading stories to her children but it's in like a quite creepy looking fashion that's the whistler one yeah yeah and he's just kind of you know he's just talking about the room and he's like yeah it's a good setup and you know they do a good job and you know this is like this is his job he's recording so that he can write his book on it um oh yeah he has to he has to get a thing or he doesn't need but he starts uh he starts feeling quite warm so he's like i'll go over and fix the uh thermostat and it's stuck at 80 degrees which is eight degrees fahrenheit obviously it's probably what 30 degrees 20 degrees uh, yeah it's something like i don't know what that actually is but something ridiculous for a room it's meant to be hot anyway and you can see that he's sweating like and rubbing the sweat off himself so he rings down to reception and they're like would you like to check out and he's like no i don't want to check out i want someone to come up here and fix this you know it's too hot um, and then it goes like dark and he's sitting there recording away to himself. And I was like, how long is this guy taking to get up here to fix this? But it's just him sitting in the dark. That's all it is. Yeah. And then, well, you see him with the light then as well. Yeah. He then turns the light back on and opens the door and yeah. your man's just standing there. And he's like, it throws that here. He's like, I, I know where it is. Yeah, I ain't going in this room. You're going to fix it. I'm not going in there. And he's like, listen, all you got to do is take that panel off and just give it a little tap. Well, you know what? Where he turns around, he's like, the mercury is just changing out so it doesn't touch the switch. And you're like, ah, here. Yeah. The mercury in a, in a, in a, well, in a that, thermostat. It probably was normal back in the day. but And that's what he says. He's like, look, they're all just old rooms. So he's just like, listen, just give it a tap. So he gives it the tap. And he's like, oh, you're a genius. Let me just get you a tip. And he's gone. Your man's gone. And he goes over to the door and looks out. And he's like, where's... Now, when he goes to open the door the first time, he's like... 
he can't he can't get it open and it kind of like rips it open a bit um now that could be down to you know sweaty like he puts that down kind of to himself of like sweaty hands and stuff like that an old door yeah so he's you know he's still not believing he's just kind of like yeah this is just you know fair play grand this is nothing um and then he goes over to the window um and he has another look outside it but sound is gone yeah you just can't hear anything you can't hear the cars or anything and then he's he, he screams out the window but can't hear himself yeah and then the thing slams on his hand then the the radio plays again and the the window slams down his hand obviously cuts his hand up quite badly I, I don't know anybody that's ever caught their hand in a door or something yeah. will feel that yeah but he obviously you know t- like t- like tries he rushes to the bathroom he's like I need to wash my hand there's blood all over yeah so he turns on the puts tap, the cold tap on put the cold tap on then it becomes searing hot he rips his hand away and the tap like explodes off and hot water shooting everywhere burning him yeah and he throws a couple of towels on it hits it a couple of kicks he, he finally gets it to kind of turn off and then he wraps his hand in something and runs out and he's just like... I need to check th- out. He's given up now. He's admitted that the room's beating him here. And he's like, right, I need to check out. So he rings down to them and they're, he's, they're like, yeah, um, we'll, you know, we'll get the manager now and it's it starts playing this other stuff and then it just hangs up. Yeah. And, he and he's just it. like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, and then he looks at the clock and the clock he's he's ripped the clock out of the wall by this point and it's gone yeah. down to a countdown of 60 which is as we here learned one hour is what people last in the room but like see that would make sense if that's done in the very first minute of him walking in see like, so no one's lasted more than an hour right so he's in that room probably 15 minutes 20 minutes at this stage I'd say he's in. I'd say he's in there close to the hour. I think he's been there an hour. Yeah, no, it's starting to drive him mad now. But like, well, I think you know that's I mean? no the one's point. last. No one's last an hour. Right? But I think that. I think that's the point. I think it's that he passes the hour. And then and now he's stuck. And now he's stuck in the room. The room would have let him leave after the hour before that first hour was up. Yeah, maybe that's that's probably a good point actually. That's he, that's he, the way I always viewed it because it it let him when he got the door open to he could have, have left this, he could have left then and he didn't. Yeah, that's actually a really good. I never thought about it that way. I always thought of it as you've used up the hour. Now you're stuck. And now we now you're on an hour countdown, and this is where we start seeing the actual power, I suppose, of the room and the yeah. shit that it does to him. But he's already admitted that the room has bested him now. Yeah, so he's told the room or whoever's on the phone, which you later learn to be the room. Yeah, he's already is, admitted, like, it's it's beating me. I just want out. I need um, to go to the hospital. But he slowly starts to kind of lose his mind here. This this here, this movie is is a great movie. If you, like, the likes of, you know, where you see in Joker, the descent to madness. Yeah. This here does it very well. Like, to me, this here does the five stages of grief and depression grief really well and depression really well like obviously you see him as anger um he has anger depression um bargaining acceptance and then obviously denial is the first one so he's denying this room hasn't got anything yeah and now he's moved to anger because he's getting pissed off for it yeah and you know he thinks you know this is a joke like fair play all and like let me out 
yeah, yeah, it's it's time now. Now he's starting to, yeah, he's getting into it. What I like is that he slowly starts descending. It's not like straight away complete madness. He next he's like, right, something's happened, uh, and he tries to reason to himself. He's like, he's like, I've been, I've been poisoned. He's like, he gave me the drink. He gave me the drink. Did, did he drink? Did, did, he... did he drink any? The chocolate was it? The chocolate? And he's trying to, you know, I'm hallucinating. He just says it to himself. I'm a, I'm a hallucinator. I just have to write it out now. But I what I like here it. is like you see, you see this sweat pumping out of him at this stage. Yeah, and we know he's fixed the thermostat at this point. Yeah. Or at least he feels he has. Yeah. Um. Then he goes to the window and he looks across, and you know, there's someone across the way. Yeah. And he's like screaming. He's like, hey, 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 waving his hands, and the person eventually gets up and comes this, to this, the window. This scene is brilliant. Yeah. Because it looks like it actually is a person at the start. Yeah, well, it doesn't actually thing, and then like you notice that the person is copying him. Yeah, and then he's eventually like, he kind of cottons onto that. He's like, they're doing exactly what I'm doing. And then you see things so he takes. Well, he takes the lamp and he holds it under his own face, that and lights. we can we can see his face across the way, but his face across the way isn't the same. It's like it's kind of evil looking, sort of. I yeah, don't know if you notice that. It's a dark, you know, like the, it's it, it knows it's got him. Yeah. Whereas his oh, face is kind of panicky and like his actual face is kind of panicky about it. Whereas that one's kind of smiling and has like a darker tone to it. Yeah, it's got that sinister kind of... Yeah. Know, and then he sees something creep up behind it and he's like, hey, hey watch out. Yeah. And then he turns around and it, it's behind him as well. Yeah, they, like this scene, they, I know they have to put a couple of jump scares into things like this to make yeah. it work. That one was done so subtly, but well, because you see it happen there behind your man, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And he turns around, and it's just there again. Like they, yeah. you very rarely see a double jump. Yeah, and it backs him into the corner, which is kind of when he starts saying, "Oh, it was the drink." He, you know. Yeah. He starts it trying to bargain. This is where he's bargaining. He's like, it, "Yeah, it's not real. This is." He's done this by you know giving me. Spikes uh, like he spiked something. $800 bottle of bourbon. He he spiked me somehow, and I'm hallucinating. Like whatever he's given me is causing this. Um, but he starts. He's like bargaining with himself and with the room to say this isn't real. And then he he sits down on the bed, and old home movies start to sort of play. This here was. This here is a real fucking heart ranger. This see, this one. This, this is one where you know. But this is where you know that it's, you know, he has to just accept, you know, like this is the room because no there's way no way. Like, well, how would anybody, you know, get that videotape? Yeah, so it, it's a video of him videoing a, a little kid and a, and a woman which he later learned to be his wife. And his child, and his child, yeah. And it cuts between that to them being in... Uh, yeah, they, them eventually her being in the hospital because she's quite sick and telling her, you know. Yeah, and then uh, oh, they, you will you will get better. Don't worry, like you'll be fine. And then she was like, "What will you, what will you do when I'm gone? I will like go to heaven and all." And you're like, "Okay." Yeah, we learned that you know she's incurably <laughs> sick. And, we don't you know, we don't find out what it is, but it's left to your imagination yeah, as, to, from, as to what it from is. From here, you can put two and two together. You know, he left New York. Yeah. His wife lives there. Yeah. Their child passed away. Put two and two together. This this here is where the first time that this movie really shows you. It's just a um, a movie about the five stages of of grief. Yeah, 
pretty much it is. And we, you know, he, he sees this and then we, again, we see a little later one where he, it shows a flashback of him leaving her. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that becomes quite a potent scene later on. It does, but we see him leaving her and then we see his dad. Yeah. Which we know he didn't have a great relationship with because of the, we, the book. we learned that from the first book and he, you know, he points that out here. His dad is like, you cannot leave her. Like she's grieving as well. And he's like, yeah. you're all trying to boss me around. Like, and you just see that, you know, he didn't have that relationship. There was no, uh, it was all just about him. Yeah. He was very self-involved, you know, it was all just about him. But after that kind of had the whole home movie kind of starts to play his mind just continues to devolve where he's trying to find things out. Like he hears the baby crying in the next room. He's calling for help through the vents. Calling for help through that. And then he has to like block out the sound. And then he goes over to the the door, which always has, you know, the escape route map on it. So it's like, right, I'm here. He's like, the next room over is that one. And he counts the steps from his window to the wall. Yeah, I don't know how he thought this one was going to work. Well, the wall, which is now like cracked and bleeding. Yeah. And he's like, it's it's nine to that. So it'll be another nine to the next window, which, you know, that makes sense because the rooms are identical. So that would make sense. But the room would be opposite, no? No. The next room probably wouldn't be, the window wouldn't be right close to the other one, I wouldn't think. It would be the far side, no? No, because there's two r- windows in each room. Because you know he has the window in his bedroom, oh, yeah, the and then the, the bed, window in yeah. the yeah. So he knows, you know, it's and even if it's an extra couple of steps, he knows, you know, it's just over there. So I have to do, you know, he says eighteen steps. You're talking maybe, uh, maybe a couple of more. So he gets out on the ledge and starts moving his way across. Right. This is you now at this stage. You just before this, you see him with the bottle of bourbon, and it's about a quarter gone. Yeah. The last thing you want to be doing after drinking that is sitting on a standing on a ledge, thirteen floors up. Yeah, but I think this is this is the point of how he's oh, he's lost it now. He's completely gone. So he's trying to get across to this next room, and he makes it there. And he's like, "Where? Where's the? Where's yeah, the window?" <laughs> and he looks across. Bad. It's just blank wall. And his the only two windows in the whole wall are his room. Yeah, the camera work in this is brilliant. So um, he has to make his way back. Yeah. Um, and as just as he gets back, something slashes at him, which is one of one of the old victims, which we kind of we've seen. You know, we've seen the victims. This is how they died. This, you know. Now, do you know? Remember when they were in Olin's office and he tells them about the first person that died? Yeah. Your man Grady O'Malley. Yeah. There's another throwback to The Shining because Jack Torrance is the caretaker in. The Shining's name is Grady. Oh, jeez. There's a lot of uh, throwbacks on this, actually, to the... Yeah. There's another one that comes up later on, and I'll, I'll drop that when it, when, when, it comes. when it gets there. But he gets back to the thing, and he kind of stumbles on the ledge. And the thing is that nobody nobody is down below. Like, normally, if you've seen somebody hanging off a ledge, you know, you'd, and you were down below, you'd, you'd make noise about it. You'd make a fuss. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody's... Again, you mightn't even notice that because it looks like he's down like an alleyway. Well, no, no, actually, no, because when he looks out, he's looking over the main road. Yeah. So the thing is that somebody would have seen, you'd have seen, like, you might not have noticed that straight away, but you'd have noticed some guy making his way across and then making his way back. Yeah. There's but something no, going on here. Nobody's noticed. Yeah. Uh, but he gets, he pulls himself back up and, like, throws himself back in the window, which then shuts behind him. 
Yeah, and then that's it. <laughs> and when we, he goes back to the door and we see that you are here and it's the only room. Yeah, and then the wall, the windows wall. The windows up. become all walled up and everything. So he's just trapped in this room. Yeah, he's in, he's in major trouble now. But he thinks to himself, the vent. I love this though. Like there's, he can see something in the vent. Yeah. And it looks like a camera. And he's like, Olin's doing this. It's a camera. So he climbs himself up into the vent. Yeah, and um, he's just wobbling away around. He goes over, looks down into one room. He looks down into the first room, which is the room next door to him that is meant to have the woman with the baby. And when he looks down, the woman looks up and it's is his it, wife and the baby. Yeah, this here is the scene I was talking about where he throws it back where he's, you see him when he was with his dad. Yeah. Or he's talking, he's like, you went for a pack of the smokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is where you see it now. Because when she, you hear her talking, she's like, oh, where are you going? She's like, I'm going for a pack of smokes. Yeah. And then he's like, no, he, she looks up and then he just moves on. And yeah, then, he he moves on to the next one, which he looks down onto his dad. Yeah. And then we see the scene of him with it, standing there with his dad saying, like, you always tell me what to do. And Yeah, his dad calls him a bullshit writer. Yeah. Uh, and so he keeps moving around and he eventually comes across a body. Yeah. A sack of a body. I don't really know. It's not a body, but it's not a skeleton either. It's like a mummified kind Trusty of... Trusty body, yeah. Yeah. And like um, he, if you've ever watched a horror movie, you know what's coming now once he gets yeah. close to that. What, but see, the thing is, if you saw that and you were in this situation where, you know, things had been going weird, the last thing you're, you're not going to go up and touch it, which is what he does. He goes up and touches it and he notices yeah. the name on it and it's the first person that ever... Brady. It's the first person that ever dies. And it obviously, it comes to life and starts yeah, chasing. The camera work here, because when he pops up, his throat is open. It's open, there's but not fully. There's a couple of tiny little yeah, wires. There's little wires as he tries to stitch himself back. <laughs> it, ch- it chases him. And what I like here is that it's not like a normal chase scene. You know, he yeah. goes back and it chases him the first bit. And then he yeah. looks over his shoulder and it's gone. And you're like, oh, it's just a hallucination. Like, it's just a hallucination. But, but then it, it cuts to... Grady in another part of the vent and he's, and he's like looking, looking around him. the corner and you he, see him and then he's like yeah he's like looking around corners and going okay I'm free and then he starts crawling along again and eventually Grady's behind him again and grabbing at his ankles he gets a boot in the mouth for good measure yeah smashes his skull open and then drops back down into the into the room itself again um, you know how he doesn't kill himself here because he goes head force down that vent yeah, but he flips over and lands on the table on his back, you know. That was a that was the best Dudley Boy impression. Yeah, Dudley Boy's taught him well. Um, yeah. But he, as all this is happening, he's he eventually goes to the the little mini fridge, which you know, as we said, he always goes to the little mini fridges to take out whatever he's, drinks. He's already gone to it at this stage because he, he makes a reference to the the beer nuts being eight yeah. quid, and he takes them out and eats them, but it's it's stacked. Yeah. But he opens it now and it's he sees it as completely empty. And this is where I think there's great camera work. He sees it as empty. But it pulls out again and we can see him, you know, ripping at this fridge that is full of stuff. But yeah. pans it pans back in a little bit and he still sees it as empty. And he has the conversation with Olin, Olin. in the fri- the Olin in the fridge. Yeah. Wait, I mean, this here I think is another little throwback towards uh if where he yeah. done the he done the trick with Prince Albert in a can. 
I think so as well because yeah. he, he speaks to it and Olin is just like you said you wanted to stay here you don't even believe in it yeah um, so like that's another one of the little throwbacks that I found when re-watching this um, but obviously he, he goes off and it, it cuts on then like he has this conversation Olaf has blamed him yeah he says you wanted this like this is what you wanted yeah, and he's like I want out I want out I want out and then the the room goes like frozen. Yeah, because like you see the thermostat going down slightly. Yeah, and this is where it, it gets like it eventually freezes, and he thinks to himself, "Oh my my phone!" So he takes his phone out. No, phone doesn't work. Um, takes out the laptop. Yeah. Or sorry, well, it's not frozen yet. It's it's now you know it's cooled down, so it's. Well, no, he, he's wrapped. He's start, he's wrapped up in the blanket when he gets the thing, and he has the little fire lighting, and he's born in the files. I think that's the second time though, because the first time he gets it open, it's not frozen yet, and he talks to the wife. No, it's it's nearly frozen when he does it, isn't it? I think it's cooled down, so it's at like thirty now. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. And he's he talks to the wife, and he's like, uh, "I'm in this hotel," and she's like, "Wait, yeah, you're in the are. city, and you're in the city," and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's it's work. It just I need I need you to get me out of here." Like, call, uh, call the police. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I'm in work. Can we talk about this later? No, no, no. And she's like, listen, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 15 minutes. And he looks at the clock and there's 14 and a bit minutes. And he says, that's not enough time. But then the camera tricks itself into a new person version of him talking. Yeah, this this was brilliant. A little bit of camera work. And he's like, yeah, yeah, come to the hotel. Don't even ask. Just come straight up. Yeah, don't even tell them that you're looking for... Like, just come straight up. I'm room 40 now. I just come straight up and come in. So and to they, me, that that's saying, like, the room needs people. The room wanted to punish him. Yeah. And it knew how to. And see, this is what... I know we said earlier that it said electronics don't work. I think the room allowed this electronic to work solely for the fact... To get her there. To get her there. Yeah, so no, that that's what I mean, like... Victim. Yeah, that's what I mean. But the realm needed, uh, needed to to kill people. It was yeah, like it, it was looking for more victims. But yeah. um, we see all this happen, and then the room becomes water, becomes kind of like frozen, and we see him in the um, <laughs> it, wrapped up in his blanket, and he's like, "I'm in the last stage of hell," and you know, he's like bargaining again with himself of like, "No, this is this is what's happening," and. Yeah, to me that was more the acceptance part. Yeah, like he knew he was like I'm, I'm dead, gone. like, and he's like, this is this is it, like I'm, uh, I have to, I have to do this and all this sort of stuff. But then the computer works again, yeah. and she says, "I'm on the way." Yeah, and then she was saying the police are there, and there's no one in fourteen oi. Yeah, she's like, the police are there. They've gone up. There's no one in fourteen oi. Like there is no room. They're in the room. See, so I think that this isn't, I think that's not real. I don't think she's in contact with him again. I think that's the, the second room, time. No, I don't think so. The room getting at him. Yeah. yeah. I think that's him thinking the room playing him to be. She's oh, on yeah, the something's way. happening. Yeah. She is on the way. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Um, don't come up. And what we see is his daughter comes. Well, no, he, he, uh, the room fills with water. No, because the daughter comes at him first, you know, where he's holding her. Oh, yeah. And he's like, don't, don't, she's like, don't ever let me go. And he's like, at first he's like, you're not my daughter. Yeah. So again, denial. Yeah, yeah. And then. He he, he accepts it. 
then he, he moves along to you know, denial and then he's, he's angry like I know you're not my daughter then he kind of moves on to the the next stage and he's, he drops to his knees and he's like no I do love you I do love you yeah he goes so it goes denial anger he's depression yeah he's, which he's, you, he's, you know you can see the tears in his eyes that, yeah. that of reliving what happened he's bargaining to try and get her to stay yeah he's like don't you don't need to go like I have you here I have you it, forever this bit was the worst bit, which was like, well, can you and mom come with me? Yeah, and you see, this is like, you know, she's dead. Yeah, he, and this, this is it. Like, he knew the room, the room is get, has got him, and it's bringing the wife. Yeah, it's going to take the family with him. Yeah, but then she dies in his arms, and... Yeah. He's like, that, that's when he, he turns around and he's like, yeah, you're making me do it again. Making yeah. me live it again. Yeah, and it like burns. Um, but then he looks, you know, this is a, he's like lying on the floor, completely out of it now, and all the, the whole pictures, room, the whole room looks like it's been nuclear bombed at this stage. Yeah, and if all the pictures are now moving, so like the the one with the parent, like reading the book to her children, that's the dogs gone. you can hear. The dogs are like barking, and like the ship has like capsized and yeah. all that, and then the wave comes. He walks towards that picture again. Yeah. And this huge wave knocks him back. Yeah, <laughs> it fills the realm up. And it looks like he's drowning, and then he wakes up on the beach. Yeah, and then in the hospital. <laughs> he wakes up on the beach, which was a scene we seen earlier. Yeah, the guy runs over exactly the same. Exactly the same. Then he wakes up in the hospital, and the wife is there, and she's like, oh, no, they called me, and I must still be listed as your next of kin. And he explains to her, like, I was in this room, and it was like all this stuff was happening, and she was there. And he's finally accepted what happened and he's making amends with her and they're out on the, the dinner and she's like, you should write a book about this, which would again be similar to his very first book where it's writing about his real life experiences and yeah, you know, and how he dealt with things. He notices the cleaner or the waitress. He notices her first and then she gets his attention back and when he looks back, it's just a normal waitress. Yeah, it's one of the faces you see in the hotel though. Yeah, and, and then you're like, and like as as watching it outright, you're looking at it going, yeah, they just fucking with him big style so, here. Something's going on here, and then he rings the editor, and he's like, "Have you got a new book?" And he's like, "Oh no, I've got a whole new thing." And he's like, "Well, make sure you get it to me soon." Yeah. So you see him writing up the book, and then he goes to the post office to. Uh... This is brilliant. This scene here is is is. He goes is to the post office is. to get his stuff, and he's looking through, it and he notices. Same birthday card. The dolphin one isn't there though. Brochures, brochures. And then he's like, where's the card? So he goes back and he's like, is there, was there a postcard in your hands? Like, no, if you dropped one, I would have noticed it. Yeah. So he now accepts, you know, oh, that was just deja vu. And, you know, I must have imagined that. And it it just happened to came true, but there's, there's no room. What that, what that's left there to you is, did he have that vision when he drowned? Yeah. Like, uh, so I, I like that, that they're like, it's replayed that part of his life. I, lo- as I if, love how. As yeah, if he'd yeah. never got that letter. And then he goes back to the post office with the manuscript. And he's like, I want to post this in your man's like close today. And it's the, uh, the guy who offers he, to take his bag. Yeah. Who is obnoxiously rude to. Yeah. Well, he's obnoxiously rude to everyone pretty much, you know, that's kind of, yeah who he is but then they start knocking down the walls of the post office 
Yeah, you know, well, he turns around, your man swings a bat at the glass. And yeah. Then they te- the lads just tear it down. And as it gets teared down, you see parts of the room starting to envelop and they're ripping up the floorboards and it's the carpet of the room. Yeah. And eventually he's back in the room. Yeah, there's one other... Oh, I, think that's a, I think that's a great little twist, the way they do that. Like, you know, like, he thinks, you know, the room's fucked with him so much that it's like, you're out, he, you're he, free. He was never actually there, like... This was all a hallucination. And then it's like, nah, it wasn't, get back in here, mate. Now, there's the one other thing that they do here is just before he leaves for the waves, you know, where it cuts out and you see the, the grave of his daughter. Mm. And it has his grave beside him. Yeah. That's the other throwback they do in Eat the Clown. Yeah. Um, where they're driving into Derry and they see the seven graves. And obviously, um, Richie's one is gone. Yeah. And uh, I think I was like, I, I was like, uh, Stephen King's just some genius to be able to do things like that. Like, to, loves to tie his own stuff into other bits. Yeah. Now, there is, there's a couple of other ones that we missed just before we go to the end of this. There's like, you know, when he was, um, do you know when he was on the, when the phone rings just before it melted uh, the phone says we have all your friends we've killed all your friends I think that's is that's a little bit later oh no that's, yeah sorry yeah that's yeah. coming up now yeah yeah but he gets back into the room and the time is essentially up there's a couple of seconds left and he's just trashing this room like just smashing everything because he's now been brought back into it yeah, it's just, and then he the lays room, down. The room's totaled. <laughs> he lays down on the floor, and we see the clock count down to zero. And then it goes back up to sixty, and the room's completely normal again. And yeah. he's just lying on the floor, and nothing wrong with the room. It's perfectly normal. And then he gets the phone call, and it's a, uh, it's like, uh, you know, we've got Isn't your it? friends, we've got all this. You're going to relive this hour over and over but- if you don't. You know, you that, either kill yourself or... There was that scene there where the, where the phone rings and it's like, this is eight, we have all your, we've killed all your friends, is Stephen King in the Dark Tower. Yeah. That's where that came from. But we see, you know, it, it, it basically the room is telling them, like, the only way out of this is just to kill yourself. I love, and, I love the way it was, though, because it was like, we have the express checkout. Yeah, and, and then it shows, right his the head, it shows his head. It shows his... The, the, the noose. noose but his head is like in the center of it and then it goes to the bathroom and there's another noose and his head you see it like lines up with his head perfectly like i was looking though when when they ring and there's like the express checkout it's beside the window and i was like did i mean to jump out the window and then he see, turns around and it's there but they show that's so that's two ways and then they show the grave of you know his yeah. daughter and him standing over looking at his own grave and things like that yeah I, it's done so well and see the way it resets the hour this is why i think at the start he was in the room for an hour and he gets one normal hour then it gives him and then it resets to an hour and so starts it's, fucking it's with like groundhog day yeah it's just going to keep reliving like it's not going to be the same hour but it's going to be another hour of just terror Torture. yeah yeah it's going to be worse i'd say he just he eventually just puts the phone down and he says i win you win but not like I'm not. I'm not checking out the way you think. And he yeah. hangs up the phone, and he makes a Molotov out of the bourbon Morgan. that he's been given, um, and throws it into the bedroom. But this um, thing ignites everything. It goes up everywhere. What I like is that he then picks up the cigarette, 
which he makes a point of saying, you know, I don't smoke anymore. I don't smoke. It's just a old superstition. And I'd wonder, is that from, do you know, when they said earlier, I'm going for a, a smoke, go to buy smokes. I, is this the last smoke from that pack of smokes? I'd wonder. I was more thinking, is the, was that one of the reasons that the daughter got cancer or he blames himself for her getting cancer or something? It, it could be that as well. But like, but yeah, it could be about the smokes. Yeah. Like he's never finished that last pack of smokes because when he finishes that, then he should technically. It should be it. He should be going home. Like that's the end of it for him. Like this is the last one. And it, that's what's clinging. He's clinging to that sort of thing. Um, yeah. They never allude to that, but it's just something that I kind of was like, oh, maybe that's the reason. But the the room goes on fire, and he just says, "If I'm going down, I'm I'm taking you with me." Yeah, he's taking an inanimate object with him. Yeah, Good but job. we see we see like the room going on fire. Puts on the sprinklers, and he's just like, "That's not going to do it." And then he opens the window, which oh, lets, lets the fire the air lets in. the air in, which makes the fire even bigger, and it blows out the window. And we see his wife in the taxi below. And she's like, what's going on? She's like, I don't know. And, she, and she, can see, she gets out and she can see the fire in the room. Um, So he's, this is this has all happened in, you know, less time. Because she said she'd be there in about 15 minutes. And then obviously there's yeah, a bit of traffic. It's New York. Yeah. It's obviously traffic and, you know, New York or whatnot. There's going to be heavy traffic. So it takes her that little bit longer. But he's now burnt this room to the to the ground. Yeah. And she, everyone else in the hotel is just evacuated. And she's telling them, like, my husband's up there. And they're like, yeah, we There's can't no get him. left or something. Yeah. But yeah. then we, the next scene is at the funeral. And we see him laid to rest. And she's obviously upset. And then we see Olin in his car yeah. as she's leaving. And he's like, listen, I have some of his yeah, personal effects here. And she's like, no, I don't want them. And he's like, listen... I it, he done us a favor or something. He's just like, listen, I want you to know that your husband died a hero. Like what he did, yeah, can never it, be repaid, sort of thing. And the other guy's just like, no, nope. you're crazy. Like you're talking about this room. Like yeah, he was li- he was literally gonna say we never have to reopen the room again. Yeah, well that's what he was saying. He's like, I've just not sold it, but now we can't because it's been destroyed, and I'm just not going to redo it. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it as burnt out forever. Um. And then he gets in the car and he opens the box and we see the the, the recording and he plays a, a little bit of it. And, you know, it starts with the Mr. first round goes to Mr. Olin, which is something that was actually said. Yeah. Then he fast forwards a little bit and we hear the bits of, you know, the ghosts of him kind of starting to panic and being like, it's not real. It's not real. But you can hear the panic in his voice. And then you hear the his daughter calling to him. Yeah. Now again, I don't think like that's not real because we see earlier in it the when he plays the recording back to himself in the room, he's like, "There's no windows in the room," which yeah. is obviously not true because there is windows in the room, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's it is the. Well, room. no, I th- I think when he goes into that room, I don't think there is a window. Possibly, but and they, he's he's gone. See, there has been gone. But there has been people that have jumped out of the windows, yeah, so, so there I has to have I'd been say, windows. I'd say they bricked them up. Possibly, yeah, but he sees them as, you know. Yeah, he sees them as still there. Yeah, but not when he first goes in. When he first goes in, he's like, there's no windows. Yeah, so to me, like, the room has got him almost instantly. Yeah, it gets him pretty quickly. But when Olin has this open, he then sees a little girl in the the rear view mirror of his car, which he then thinks to be, you know, the daughter. 
I thought it was him in the back of the car. No, in the in the rear view oh, in mirror. The mirror he, sees the, yeah, in the mirror, yeah. he sees the daughter and he's like, is that her? And then he's like, oh, and he's going to join her because, you know, he's going on into the afterlife. And yeah. then he moves it. And that's when you get your jump scare of his yeah. burnt Cut body. Face, yeah. yeah, in the back of the car. Um, which I think is a great scene because then Olin kind of panics and then closes the lid on the recorder and the stuff that was in that room. That's it. And then we see the little girl go off with her actual dad. Yeah. And we and see yeah. Olin has closed it. So it's like, it's because over. he opened that, he kind of let the room out a little bit. The room still existed, but it only existed in what was left of what he took out of the room. Yeah. Um, and then we get the final image of um, Mike's ghost in the window of the room. And we Talking. hear his dog. Then we hear his daughter call him and he goes, I'm coming. And he yeah. fades away. So he's finally, you know. Yeah, he's at peace. He was in torment. He'd, he'd lived his life in torment since she'd passed away. And now he's finally gone and yeah. joined her. But like, as a horror, this is, it's a psychological thriller more than a horror. Because it doesn't rely on the, like, a lot of horrors kind of rely on jump scares and things like that. But it, has, it has a couple now, to be fair. Like, the, the man the slashing at him twice. Yeah. Uh, the woman slashing at him in the window. Um, obviously, the mirror. Um, yeah. But, I suppose technically the mummy up in the vents would kind of be one, but like it's yeah. just it's so you you know it's coming that it, you wouldn't. Yeah. Jump at it like if you're big into horror, you probably don't really jump at any of them. But like I understand that that's what they are there for. Oh, they, they, to be honest, every horror has to have them. There's very yeah, like little they're, they're, horrors that are going to be very very successful without them. Yeah, they're now, kind of the, their them, trope of if, horror, yeah. sort of. If you, you know? do them, if you do them very subtly, yeah, which very, I, th- very I think they did well here. Like, yeah. um, they're not shoved down your throat in this one. Yeah, but then also like a lot of this is built on you know stuff that's happened in his past, and the room is like in his head, taking things from his past and throwing them at him, yeah. and making him relive them. Which I think, you know, it's more psychological than it is just pure horror. But like, yep. it's still like this is probably one of the better horrors that's been made in recent years it is 2007 i i always thought this was even a bit older than that but um really really good one like this like, is one of my preferred horrors like i if for me i would have liked to find out what was in the room even if it was at the end of it but i see i think that's kind of the point i think there is nothing in the room but there has to be something to drive people mad no but see i think that's the thing I, that's kind of the whole point that there is nothing it's not something that died there it's it's just that the room for some reason is just evil evil that room is just evil so then obviously it's it's a portal or whatever it is yeah like i don't know maybe in the book or something they give an actual explanation for it but yeah. in the film it's just there's because he even says he's like there's it's not a poltergeist it's not haunted it's not this it's not ghouls it's not anything like that it's just an evil room. Yeah, like he, makes a, room. He, makes, he makes a point to say that because Mike is recording it and he's like, he's saying the, the thing about politics. He's like, I never said that. Yeah, he's like, no, it's just the room. The room itself is the problem. And what I liked is that when he does burn the room, you can see the numbers on the metal plating kind Mel- of... Melting, but staying like, there. It's, it melts, but it's like a blood dripping melt rather than a, like an actual melting. Yeah. The, um, I have a couple other ones there just before we sign off. So the standard edition of this movie, I'll mm. give you a guess how long it runs for. I'm going to assume it adds up to 13 somewhere. 
No, well, yeah, kind of. It's 104 minutes and eight seconds long. Okay. So, so te technically, it, it is. It adds up to 13, but it adds hits, up to 13. But I but think it's that's 14 a bit. 14:08. Yeah. Yeah, 14:08 as well. Yeah. Um, the 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 wife or ex-wife or whatever it's she is. It's still the wife because she mentions that you know he never divorced still or not, never oh, yeah, separated. Not separated. Yeah. Um. So technically. I think from what I looked up on, I haven't actually read the book, which I'm going to go and get because I forgot how much I like this movie. Um, so did I. She, I don't think, features in the book nearly as much. Yeah, I think for a film, you kind of need that love interest to kind of... But she was, I think she was seven or eight months pregnant. That's why you don't see anything more than sort of here on her. Oh, so they, they were having another child. Well, maybe. Um, no, no, she was heavily pregnant in real life. Oh, sorry, the, the actress was heavily yeah. pregnant. Sorry, okay. Um, but like, even when you know when the fire's on, you see her standing in front of the car door. Yeah, they make a point of it, yeah. yeah. Um, and things like that. Like, they done so well with subtlety and... and uh, yeah, the, the camera work in this is brilliant as well. Like, like I don't, I, I'd never even heard of this director before this. Um, I don't know, I haven't seen anything else, I don't think, from him. Yeah, but sure, like, as I said, like, I didn't, like... I picked this up solely on the fact that, you know, it was a Sam horror Jackson. and it had Sam Jackson in it. So I was like, yeah. I don't see how this could be particularly bad. Well, it could be, but it's... it's it was... Yeah, but like it's Sam Jackson as well, you know? Like I know he's had a few films that aren't great, but I enjoy those films anyway, so... Yeah, they're, all, they're always nearly enjoyable. Almost always enjoyable with Sam. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I like um, John Cusack as well. Uh, John, I Honestly, this is probably one of the better performances of John Cusack I think well actually uh, if you have you seen Identity yeah but like I, I, I don't know I still think this is one of his best performances uh, yeah probably would be yeah um, the director the director has a couple other ones Derailed uh, Evil Drowning Ghost um, he done the right with Anthony Hopkins I can't say I've heard of most of them and definitely haven't seen them. So uh, he done Escape Plan with Arnie and Sylvester Stallone. I think I'll definitely have to give those other ones that were horror ones that he did a, a watch because the right, yeah, like if they're as good as this or even yeah. half as good as this, they'll be good. Like if I remember correctly, the right is Anthony Hopkins is uh, a priest in in the Vatican, and he's one of the only last known exorcists. Okay, so it's kind um, of an exorcism-style one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't remember if I enjoyed it or not. I, remember, I think I remember going to see it in the cinema. I tend not to enjoy exorcism ones. Yeah, they're just, they're all the same. Yeah, I think, like, you know, once you've seen one, it's nearly always the same yeah, story, like, and I just, you know, I've seen it, so I've, like, I've seen yeah. one, so I'm kind of like, I don't really want to see the other one. And it's just the, the story can't really vary too much from what it is, you know? Well, I, that's what I enjoyed, actually, about the later ones with The Conjuring 1 and 2. They're both exorcism movies, theoretically, to an extent. They are, but, but they, both they're... Both different. They are, but they don't focus entirely on the exorcism, yeah. you know? There is other bits around it, whereas an exorcism film kind of focuses solely on that. As the, yeah. To me, they're just... They're not that they're not bad. It's just you know you've seen one, you kind of yeah, you know if, if, you, if you go to watch another one, it's going to be eerily similar sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is 
what like one of my favorite horror films now i'd have to say and i'd forgotten how much i liked it until i rewatched it there recently um i wouldn't say it's one of my favorite ones but i do enjoy it if that kind of makes sense like it wouldn't be one that i'd stick on just to watch something because it because it's such yeah, but an you have to sit in, you have to sit down and actually think about what's happening for this one sort of thing i suppose yeah, yeah, like it's an intense movie. This movie, yeah. once he once he gets to that hotel, this goes from zero to level ten intensity. And in, yeah, once in he's the, in the hotel, and what that's what I like. It kind of builds into that. It's a kind of slow build up until kind of like half an hour or so. Yeah, and then yeah, he's in the room, and that's when it starts to go down. And all, I do like all, that. It goes downhill very quickly. Yeah, I always like that kind of slower build for horrors. You know, like where you get a bit of a. A backstory yeah. you learn what's happening and then it's like right now we're into it yeah um some of them some of them can be just fun when it goes from zero to all sorts of fucked up like you said oh yeah, and Dawn of the Dead and... Oh, yeah. like it, 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 there's nothing wrong with those ones it's just it depends on the marketing of the film though like it depends on sorry not on the market on the the subgenre of the film like is it a slasher is it zombies yeah. is it I kind of think ones that go from zero to a hundred like straight away are the ones that you don't like that you can just put on in kind of the background like you don't yeah. really need to know the subplot you don't need to know what's happened yeah this one you couldn't turn on after like you, an hour and be like I'm gonna if, you, if, you, hour. if you miss the first like 40 minutes of this it's just some guy in a room like losing his mind and you're like hang on what what's where's all the rest of this coming from like yeah. you kind of need to have seen the first half whereas if you turn on dawn of the dead half an hour in you're like okay uh, everyone's zombies i'm not entirely sure why they're zombies um, but basically, zombies, they're stuck in there trying to escape. Pretty much, you know, yeah. you, You've worked it out. like. But, uh, yeah, like th- as I said, this is one of my favourite ones. Um, and I was really, like, uh, I was glad that I decided to pick this one for the, the yeah, rewatch here. This is, this is a great pick, um, like, going forward with the, the new process that we're going with to, to mix it up in terms of what kind of horrors we're going to do on is, uh, is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but for this week, that's it. Good luck.